Some of you have probably put your masks on again because we've had a few people down with COVID and the flu. And so I know a couple of people are recovering now. A couple of people are watching online just as they get better. Um, and you'll see everything looks a little different because a couple of us have actually been sick. Um, so we remember those that are not with us today and that are ill, that God would protect them and be with them. I was just chatting before the service started to, to Donald, and he was talking about this new flu strain. We know so much about flus and colds and strains and H1N1, you name it. Um, but the reality is that it's always good to take care of yourself. So let's make sure that we take care of ourselves um, and really take care of each other at times like this. So let us join together as we prepare ourselves for worship. Let us pray. Lord God, this morning as we gather in worship, here in the sanctuary and those that are joining online, we are so aware now, Lord, that our lives are different because of this pandemic. Somehow, God, we, we have so many more checkpoints to go through before we even come to worship. We realize amongst us today that there are those that are ill and we pray that your protecting hand will be upon them. And so, Lord God, in the midst of our worship, if we worship online or if we worship here in the sanctuary, we pray that your spirit would move. We thank you, God, that when two or three gather, you are in our midst. And so, Holy Spirit, we ask that you would move in our midst today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's stand together. People of God, look about and see the faces of those we know and love. A community of kindred hearts. People of God, look about and see all the images of God in me, in you, in each of us, and all the world that God so loves. God's Spirit shines for all to see. May our eyes and our hearts and our souls be open to this day. Let us remain standing as we continue in worship. Thanks, Dave.
Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. And isn't that a good truth to us all to know? Draw me close to you.
Amen. Good morning. I'm Pastor Lisa. If you'll bow your heads and join for this morning's prayer. Lord, we come before you this morning ready and eager to give you praise and to worship you with all that we are. But if we're being honest, Lord, we're distracted. The level of noise in our minds is just overwhelming at times. The high-pitched whine of anxiety for our friends and our families the low thrum of depression and loneliness that threatens to suck us under, the buzz of angst as we try to figure out how to stay healthy physically, emotionally, and financially. Lord, the cacophony of sounds in our heads is hard to move past. So this morning, Lord, help us to remember that you have given us peace, your peace. You have told us peace I leave with you my peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. Help us to remember that you are God and we are not, nor do we have to be. It is said, be still and know that I am God. Help us to achieve that stillness this morning knowing that you are God. Help us to tune out the noise, if not for the week or even for this day, just for one hour as we worship you. We focus our minds and hearts by praying as your son taught us to. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done 
on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Friends, we will come now to receive the offering, and as we do that, we invite you online to use our online options for the offering, and we acknowledge as we receive in the plate in this morning that we receive offering throughout the week, and thank you so much for your generosity um, and your commitment to this church. And so let us receive the offering. Friends, while we do that, just a quick reminder. Tonight, you don't have to cook. Anybody that's got dinner plans tonight, you need to cancel them right away um, because we have Let's Eat here at the church. We'd love you to join us from four o'clock. I know that Quinn and the team are ready. He's got a significant backup team. Please do not cook. We do sit down, we do takeaway, and it's free. We do have a donation box, but it's really a time for you to celebrate with us, to celebrate with one another. And if you know anyone, especially that is lonely tonight, that's hungry, that has no access to food, you want to invite them to be part of Let's Eat Tonight. And so we also have around, you see a couple of balloons that are around us. Um, I will speak a little bit more about that when I bring us the word this morning. But you want to spend a little bit of time afterwards just having a look at the ministries that we are part of as we reflect on what does it mean to be together in this church's life, a priesthood of all believers. Because today is Laity Sunday, and I'll speak a little bit more about that. Let's receive the offering. And so let us pray together. For God, we come and we bring to you this, our offering. The offering we've received in the week, we bring ourselves. And we pray, Lord God, that you would use our gifts, our time, our talent, and our treasure for the extension of your kingdom. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. you stand and join us. We are one in the Spirit.
seated. Amen. Thank you so much to the choir and the worship team for leading us today. We move now to our first scripture, which is 1 Peter 3, verse 8. Finally, all of you be of one mind, sympathetic, lovers of your fellow believers, compassionate, and modest in your opinion of yourselves. Peter was walking with John. They were on their way to worship. They'd walked this walk many, many, many times. But this one day, they walked past a man who had been crippled for 40 years. They'd seen him at this gate. Week after week. But on this one moment of worship, they heard him, they saw him, and they said to him, silver and gold have I none, but in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, stand up and walk. And then he reached down with his right hand and he pulled this man up. And the scriptures say that in that moment, his ankles became strong. And he began to walk. He ran into the place of worship and started praising God. They say that he was so filled, and you can read it in Acts chapter 3, he was so filled with praising God that, he, that everyone noticed what had happened to him. And he literally hung onto Peter. Today we continue in our series on stewardship. What does it mean to be together a, a community? What does it mean together to be a group of people that are deeply connected to one another? What does it mean to live from a place of compassion? It begins, you see, when we choose to live life to all its fullness. The thing we discover, and I'd like to take you into this passage. Won't you read with me? It's quite a long chapter, but I'd like to read to you the full chapter of Acts chapter 3. Now, Peter and John were going up into the temple at the hour of prayer, being the ninth hour. And a certain man that was lame from his mother's womb was carried, whom they laid daily at the door of the temple, which is called Beautiful to ask alms of them that entered into the temple. Who, seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, asked to receive an alms. And Peter, fastening his eyes upon him with John, said, Look on us. And he gave heed unto them, expecting to receive something from them. But Peter said, 
silver and gold have I none. But what I have that I give thee, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. And he took him by the right hand and he raised him up, and immediately his feet and his ankles and his bones received strength. And leaping up, he stood and he began to walk, and he entered with them into the temple, walking and leaping and praising God. And all the people saw him walking and praising God. And they took knowledge of him, that it was he that sat for arms at the beautiful gate of the temple. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. And as he held Peter and John, all the people ran together unto them in the porch that is called Solomon's, greatly wondering. And when Peter saw it, he answered the people, Ye men of Israel, why marvel at this man? Or why fasten your eyes on us as though by our own power or godliness we had made him walk? The God of Abraham and Isaac and of Jacob and the God of our fathers hath glorified his servant Jesus, whom you delivered up and denied before the face of Pilate, and when he had determined to release him. But you denied the holy and righteous one, and you asked for a murderer to be granted unto you. And you killed the prince of life, who God raised from the dead, where we are witnesses. And by faith in his name hath his name made this man strong, whom you behold and know. Ye, the faith which is through him, hath given him this perfect sounds in the presence of all of you. And now, I know that in ignorance you did it, as did also your rulers. But the things which God foreshowed by the mouth of all the prophets that his Christ should suffer was fulfilled. Repent, therefore, and turn again, that your sin may be blotted out, so that there may come seasons of refreshing from the presence of the Lord, and that he may send the Christ who has been appointed for you, even Jesus, whom the heaven must receive until the time of restoration of all things, where God spoke by the mouth of his holy prophets that they had been from old. Moses indeed said, A prophet shall the Lord God raise up unto you from among your brethren like me. Him shall he hearken all things, whoever he shall speak unto you. And it shall be that every soul that shall not hearken to that prophet shall be utterly destroyed from among the people. Yea, all the prophets from Samuel and them that followed after as many as have spoken, they also told of these days. You are the sons of the prophets and of the covenant which God made with your fathers, saying unto Abraham, and in the seed shall all the families of the earth be blessed. And to you first, God, have his servant sent him to bless you in turning away every one of you from your iniquities. Thanks be to God for his word. So this passage firstly reminds you and I that when we choose to live with compassion, we must live life where we are. 
I love the fact that we get to worship together from different parts of the, of the world. So we all do different things. Some of us are retired. Some of us are ministers. Some of us are teachers. Some of us are doctors. Some of us are physicians. Some of us are lecturers. Some of us are engineers. Some of us work in different government organizations. We come from different parts of, this, of the life that we live. And, and the thing that the scripture calls us to is wherever you walk is your ministry. Ministry doesn't happen in, in this sanctuary. Ministry doesn't happen from this church. Ministry happens in the life that you live. So today is called Laity Sunday. And the reason it's called Laity Sunday is we celebrate the priesthood of all believers. The thing that we have done in the church is we've created an enormous separation from laity and clergy. And we have institutionalized our separation spectacularly for 2,000 years almost. And, and the truth is, if we, if we really seek the essence of the gospel message, there really is only one priesthood of all believers. It's us, all of us. And all we have are different functions. And so, so when we come to the book of Acts, you see, the book of Acts is the place where we begin to see the early church in action. And so it models for us how we interpret living in the world and being followers of Christ. And so we see that Peter and John are off to the temple to go and worship because as Jewish people, that would have been their practice. So they go off to the temple in preparation of worship. Before they worshiped, they would have had to cleanse themselves, prepare themselves for worship. And so they set their eyes and their hearts in preparation of worship. They had probably used that entrance into the temple because people... Um, are creatures of habit. Anybody sitting in the same seat that you've always sat in, just let me see your hands. Like, are you there? Like, anybody ventured into a new seat lately? Okay. It's so good because I can start to see who's missing because I can start to see, you know, it took a while when the, when the choir sat up here for people to readjust to the middle, but thank you so much. Um, so we creatures of habit, so guaranteed they were going through that door and they would have seen this man for 40 years. He was probably older than them. They might have actually seen him when they were going to worship as children. And so it, it wasn't strange for them to have seen this man every day that they come to worship. And so they had prepared themselves to worship. So it really, it, it kind of shows us that life and ministry and the deepest expressions of our faith and of our compassion happen in the day-to-day -day aspects of life. Remember, for the Jewish people, coming to the temple um, was really a part of daily expressions of life. It wasn't, the, 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 the worship experience was not separate from the cultural experience. It wasn't separate from the financial experience. It was just part and parcel of the all. And so this one day as they were coming, something was different. Somehow they heard a different cry. You know, if you've ever found somebody begging on the side of the road, or if you go, the only place I've seen people asking here, some of, some of the robots, some of the, sorry, traffic lights when you come up, some of, some of the highways, I've seen that. 
Sometimes when I've been to Aldi, I've seen that. Okay. Um, I've never seen someone at Publix. Um, but I've seen some people. Where I come home, where I come from, it's like if you don't see 20 or 30 people a day, you haven't seen enough. So it's that's just what I'm used to. So it's it's an interesting thing how quickly we get used to seeing vulnerable people and sometimes doing nothing. And I, I would imagine that was, you know, Peter and John, you know, it was it was normal. But something changed. And when it changed, you begin to see it in this passage. They heard something different, and they stopped. My, my, my um, translation of the scripture says, they stopped and they stared. Now, I think staring actually translates in all languages and cultures, right? Um, I, you know, I think I was taught as a little girl, don't stare. You know, like don't, don't stare at someone, you know, just don't stare. Don't look at someone. And so as they're going in, they stare. They stop and they look. And there is something that happens when we, when we lock eyes with another human being. You know, we, it's really our eyes that are the mirror to our soul, right? And it's, it's very uncomfortable when someone stares at you. And they look at you. And so they, they stop and they stare at this man. And they look at him. And it seems as if we are invited as Christians to live our lives, but also to tune our ears to the cries that are around us. And to stop and to look. Because it's when they looked at Peter and John. You, you see in, in the passage I read said, well, he was expecting to get something. Maybe a throwaway coin. But Peter looks at him and says to him in that moment, look at us. It also starts to invite us into imagining that actually not only are we called to look at people, truly look at people, look at people. Because really when we start looking at people beyond the I'm fine, we, we, we can really start to see. Then we become brave enough to say, look at us. We are brave enough to become that witness. He says, they say, look at us. And right in that moment, Peter says, silver and gold have I none. It is probably the only time that the church had nothing. 2,000 years later, if you have a look at the church, because ultimately they represent the Christian faith in that moment. We have all sorts of things. We cannot say silver and gold have we none. We have buildings. We, we, I mean, the global church has huge resources. And yet very few lame people are walking. And so there is something profound about how we deal with what we have. In this particular, I mean, we're actually only in Acts chapter 3. 
Peter has just preached a sermon. He's had a huge amount of people in conversion. And we're already dealing with the struggle of power and resources. That's what we're dealing with here. And so here he says that, well, I don't have this, but what I have I give you. It seems as if at times, and it is very much an appropriate theme for us to deal with when we deal with stewardship. Because really stewardship is about holding in accountable ways our relationships with one another. And there are different ways that we hold our relationships. One is we actually hold our financial relationships with one another. This is who we are. That's been the theme for our stewardship time. This is who we are. These are our finances. If you received the, um, the letter this week, you would have received some kind of analysis of our finances from January through September this year. In the next while, we will be giving you a budget that we're trying to, to, to interpret for the ministry of this church in 2023. This is us. This is how we spend our resources. This means we have to struggle with what we spend it on because we have to talk about what we spend it on. We can't just assume because it's, it's something that we do together. The other thing that we do in stewardship is that we actually hold ourselves accountable to the ministry we do together, our talents together. You know, around the room are wonderful displays of how people do ministry in this place. And, and how the ministry expresses itself from this place. But I can guarantee you something. There are many things that are missing from these tables. Because of the priesthood of believers is about the passion that God instills in the priesthood of believers. It is what God calls you to be part of. And, and you know, one of the gifts of, of, of ministering to this community, which is now just gone three months, is, is really to see the witness of the gospel in an entirely different context that I'm used to. It affirms again for me that God is busy all over the world. And I think heaven is going to be an amazing place. I mean, it's just, you know, in many ways, sometimes it's this, it's this connection of our togetherness that changes the possibilities for the future. Because that's really what we're about. We're, we're changing the possibility for the future. So Peter and John are on their way to worship. Ultimately, they haven't yet arrived to worship yet. But the miracle has happened. On their way to worship. They allow themselves to be disrupted. Do you know that they allow themselves to become unclean? Can you imagine what a rigmarole it was to actually go and worship? They had to prepare themselves. They had to be clean. And so that took a while. And just as they came in, they knew if they touched this man that was lame, they would become unclean and they would not be allowed to enter the temple and worship. But they were prepared to become unclean and not even go into worship. That's why they actually had to go out in the porch into Solomon's um, arcade pretty much and celebrate the miracle because sometimes our religious regulations make it difficult to even worship. 
And so we have this invitation to a different way of being. And ultimately, it is one that seeks compassion before anything else. One of the struggles that the church struggles with is really, it's a strange thing, is a lack of compassion. We don't struggle with organizing ourselves. We're very good at organizing ourselves. Ask Karen about the amount of books, I mean, the amount of paperwork that you have to fill in. I mean, this is something that I know, I know Carolyn and I know Anne. I mean, if I could tell you the amount of paperwork we have to fill in, and let me tell you, it's the same in the United Methodist Church as it is in the Methodist Church of Southern Africa. We love paperwork. We have no problem organizing ourselves in terms of paperwork. That's not a problem for us. We, we have actually done particularly well organizing ourselves as the institutional church. Sometimes we struggle with feeling compassion. We really don't know what to do with broken, lame people that don't get healed in church. That's the reality. And so we have to keep seeking an alternative way. If we really want to make a difference in every generation and in every era, we have to be people that are transformed and that bring about miracles in other people's lives. And so that really is part of our invitation constantly. We sang a beautiful song. You know, I, I, you know when we, you started that last song, Dave, I think everyone was like, this is it. This is a good one. This is probably the best one of the day. I mean, <laughs> you know how it is when you kind of like, they will know through our unity, through our compassion, and through our love. When we sing the truth, it resonates with our souls. And so our journey together is really an interesting journey as people who collect themselves and become a congregation. As the New Horizon Church, we have people that have been here from when they were children for 40 years plus and brand new people that have just joined us. But if we to follow the story of Peter and the early church, we are reminded a couple of things. Number one, let us choose to live life in all its fullness, no matter where we go. Whether we're walking into work, whether we're walking into school, whether we're walking into the shopping center, wherever we go, let us go not just as ourselves, but in the power of Jesus' name. Because that's ultimately where this particular passage finds its truth. He says to them, the only thing I have, I give you, and that is Jesus, Jesus Christ of Nazareth. So during our time of stewardship, we've invited you to, to read with us the dynamite prayer. Some of you have, and, and maybe some of you haven't. But the reason why we've done this is really for us to remind ourselves is nothing we do is in our own strength. And that's really part of, the, of, of what happens in the life of any person and any church. We tend to default to all sorts of other requirements. But ultimately, if Jesus isn't the foundation of everything, we have actually lost everything. And so sometimes, if it doesn't fit on our spreadsheet, we don't actually know what to do. 
But when we offer Jesus, we begin to discover what to do. So let me give you, if you've been following with the Dynamite Prayer Series, let me just give you a hint at what we looked at this week. We looked at the fact that prayer is powerful. We looked at the fact that God will always guide us and be our provider. We looked at the fact that we need to walk and talk the gospel. That God's promises would never leave us nor fail us. That God's wisdom is greater than human wisdom. That everything that God has created, God will redeem. That God raises us from the dead. And so today as we, as we discover who God is calling you and I to be, I'm going to invite you to a couple of things. Number one, choose today to open your ears and open your eyes in your daily life to what God is calling you to do. Maybe there is someone who you sit next to at work or drive with to work or see every day that is waiting for a compassionate word of God from you. Second thing, be bold. Be bold enough to offer Jesus. We serve a world right now that has driven us into what we fear is political correctness. But what Peter and John said to this lame man was, look at us. You know, sometimes we bring Jesus by our words, but the best way we bring Jesus is by our actions. Be Jesus to the world that you're around this week. Finally, as you walk out this week, choose compassion. Compassion is an interesting thing. Compassion is the way our hearts are moved when we see the pain of another, when we see the circumstances of other people. Can we open our hearts to compassion? Sometimes compassion is something that we want to do for somebody else because it makes us feel better about ourselves. But real compassion is when we allow ourselves to feel the pain of another. So maybe this week, feel, allow yourself to feel the true pain of another and see what that does to your faith. Before you leave today, I'm going to invite you, because I'm ending early, okay? Only because, um, and I know if you're online, you, you won't be able to join us. I'm ending early so you can spend five minutes walking around the church to see who we are. This is us. You know, you can begin at any end. Put a mask on if you don't have a mask. We've got some masks in the foyer. You see, God builds the kingdom with who's in the room. And God has called us together to build the kingdom. God has called us together to build new horizon as a church. God has called us together to change the world around us, to look for people that are lame, broken, and to reach out our hands and pull them up so that they become strengthened. But it starts when we choose compassion. Let's pray together. Lord God, the church is in an era of real transformation. We look around us at times, Lord God, and 
It feels like the world has changed so much. And yet we are reminded that we always worship a God of resurrection. You call the church to be the body of believers in every time and place to change the world. We pray, Lord God, that you would soften our hearts, that we would walk with deep compassion. Help us hear, help us see, help us be bold enough to find those around us where we can reach out and restore. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's stand together.
priesthood of all believers, God calls you blessed. Now go in his strength to love and cherish this world. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Friends, won't you please have a look around and spend some time um, in the fellowship hall afterwards. Thank you.